getting ready to pitch my show in the next month or two. Very excited about that. I mean, it might be pushed back now because Ryback is work from home. And I assume MRC is as well. But two thumbs up, fingers and toes crossed. We'll see yeah. what happens there. That's a, that's exciting, awesome. and you know, I mean, it, it, it's a pushback. It's still going to be, you know, you'll still have your 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 moment. Um, yeah, that that's that is awesome, actually, genuinely awesome. So, um, what about you, Josh? Besides, well, did you get a good night's sleep last night? Uh, I'm getting I'm getting some decent ish sleep. Uh, <laughs> my life is fairly chaotic right now uh, with. Uh, uh, coronavirus communication for my day job. Um, I recorded the latest episodes of uh, Criterion Channel Surfing, but um, and still have another episode uh, from February to finish editing. But life has thrown me some curveballs, so uh, putting in fourteen-hour days does not leave a lot of room for editing. <laughs> no, no, in but. That. It's quarantining That's the way life might. goes, right? Yeah, quarantining might. Yeah. Although I'm working from home, so uh, that means that uh, things pop up pretty frequently, and uh, uh, yeah, so it's uh, you know life is is what it is right now, and uh, uh, I uh, I find myself pretty exhausted <laughs> as life goes on right now. So um, yeah it's uh life is life is a little chaotic and crazy out here in seattle and uh, yeah. it's been about two and a half weeks of this honestly yeah since I've we started it. seeing this so um we're uh you know realizing this is kind of a marathon um so my biggest thing has been trying to find those pockets of rest and pockets of uh sanity in the midst of all this and uh uh, these types of moments, these types of conversations that I get to have with friends mm -hmm. uh, about the things that uh, uh, are really uh, lovely, uh, the things that we love talking about are uh, real highlights for me. So, yeah, this is fun. Yeah, and I'm glad to have you. Now, just to warn you, this isn't going to be 100% lovely. We have some, some difficult topics still to deal with, but I'm, I'm, yes. glad, I'm glad you're doing well. I, I know it's it's been rough, and uh, yeah, seriously, watching out for you been watching Washington uh, and by the way everybody Josh Taylor or Josh I slipped you up Josh Hornbeck and Robert Taylor uh, you just Hi. commented that <laughs> you've been on a lot of shows together and it's tough to tell the two of you apart uh, but <laughs> but I hopefully you'll get uh you know some calm you know that flatten the yes. curve as they say you know it's yes. I think there's I think there's still unfortunately more um more to come but uh but hopefully a leveling, leveling off period at some point um, all right, well, and Robert, it's good to have you back. It's been been a few. Uh, it's been a minute. My pleasure to come back anytime you need me. Anytime. You're my on-call, uh, although we've been talking about this for a while. But thrilled to have you, thrilled about your pilot, and hopefully, you know, the quiet L.A. I'm, I, I just watched uh, Model Shop the other day, and so it just got me thinking about... I know the whole point of that movie is that L.A. is beautiful, but, of course, there's cars everywhere, and, and this was 1969, so there was a smog, and... There probably still was at least a couple weeks ago. So, um, so yeah, anyway, digression. Uh, Does right. Model Shop hold up? I haven't seen it in probably 10 years, and I remember not liking it much, even though I love him in general. Yeah, I, I would say kind of. I'm it, Like, you can t definitely see Demi's love for L.A. in the, in the film. Um, 
the performances are kind of weak across the board. The, the lead is really terrible. And then uh, Anouk... I don't even remember who the guy is. Yeah, he he was um he was in two thousand one as well. I, I he's not somebody I, I know. I think Lockwood or something. It's mm. Rob, Richard Lockwood or something like that. And Anuka Amy uh, kind of seemed uh, a little distant. And yeah, uh, but I, I think that everything else, you know, really nice uh, shots, um, really interesting visuals, and uh, yeah, I I think you could tell that uh, that Demi put everything he could into it. But yeah, also you know. French people or foreign people directing American actors is difficult sometimes, so that might have been the problem. But um, but anyway, we're, we're here to talk about a lot of things, and just briefly, I'll, I'll let you all know that we're, y'all, that we're recording on March 15th, on a Sunday, and generally we wouldn't record uh, the day prior to when we expect announcements are coming. And I hope to have the episode up soon, uh, maybe even today, we'll see. But... Um, but so if you're looking for uh, the, the latest grouping of announcements, would it be June? Is that next? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should know that. But yeah, I think it's June. Um, if you're looking for that, that we, we will talk about that some. Uh, but today there's just been so much going on, as we've already alluded to, that, uh, and I think that there have been some life-changing, uh, society-changing events, and I would like to ruminate on those a little bit. And also, as Josh alluded to, take a little break geek out with some friends, talk about some film, um, and hopefully, you know, in the process, uh, I guess, give some respite to other people that are having a frustrating week. Uh, does that sound good? Let's do it. Yeah, that let's sounds great. All right. Well, all right, first, let's get the, the ugliness out of the way. So, um, so okay, it's been uh, a week of uh, really a disturbing trend. We've, uh, as you you got the early, uh, I guess, sneak preview, um, for lack of a better term, Josh, but it's hit the rest of the country. As of today, we have over 3,000 cases of coronavirus, and I just checked. Uh, the um, box office was down, I think, 60-70%. It was ugly. Um, there, I, I, there are rumors that Cannes is going to be canceled. I, I can't see Cannes happening or really any festival at this point. I, my film festival, which was going to be in a couple weeks, is canceled. So, yeah, it's certainly affecting our world, and so this is a Criterion podcast, although by extension, I think we also talk about or we cover home media, uh, streaming versus theatrical. So I think all those topics are relevant and um, and all the, the changes. So I'm just curious, I, I mean, I, this is, this is going to be open-ended, but just what, what do you think about just the Criterion community, the film community in this post-coronavirus world, you know, that's yet to be determined where it's going to go? Um, and Robert, since... Um, since you're in the empty streets of LA, I'll start with you. <laughs> well, just like on a personal level, my nonprofit Young Storytellers has been pushed back and all of the sessions have been canceled. Uh, the production company I work for is now work from home. So I am going through all of the DVDs and Blu-rays that I have bought and not watched for years and years and watching them one at a time and then sort of going into the community talking about it and thank god for the internet otherwise i would be going crazy <laughs> here by myself because yeah even though i don't think i have it i'm still isolating myself as well as possible and yeah just having you guys and having to speak to you guys is so heartening and i love that 
we aren't picking fights with one another. We are genuinely there to support one another mm -hmm. and go through this together, which is which is great. And despite all the terrible stuff that is going on, you also have to think it's so odd that we have finally found something in this deeply divided world that we are all united over. And even though it's mm -hmm. in fear of something, at least we are all recognizing that we are human again. Yeah, you're you're right. I think uh, this is an election year as well. Uh, so I think a lot of the rancor, at least from my perspective, has died down uh, from that perspective. And even, you know, I, and we all have our political opinions, but it seems like maybe there's politicians working together i don't know it's it's that's that seems like a stretch nowadays but um but i don't know josh how's uh, how's your film world impacted I, I know you're personally impacted a great deal yeah you know i think uh one of the things that i have been seeing more and more from from a lot of our communities because you know the truth is you know uh, and i was i was telling you both before the show you know i've uh i started getting some some possible symptoms about a week ago. I don't know. I don't know if it is if it is coronavirus or not because there's no way for us to get tested right now. Right. Uh, the way testing kits work uh, and the kind of the way this response has been. Uh, but you know we're isolating. I'm going to be fine. I'm mm -hmm. in the age group where this is if it if this hits it's going to be fairly mild for the most part. Uh, but. Uh, with the way the the place that I work, um, you know, we're canceling things. Uh, I work for a religious organization. We're canceling services across the board for two weeks, and we'll continue to reevaluate as the situation goes on. Not out of a sense of fear, not out of a sense of panic, but out of a sense of the common good. We're trying to say, you know, we have a chance to potentially slow this, and uh, you know, this is this is not about us trying to hunker down and be afraid of this but exactly. trying to say hey we we don't want to spread this any further if we can if we can help and i'm seeing arts organizations in our area our uh our nonprofit theaters they're going to all take huge hits they're going to all lose uh, ex uh revenue we're seeing the arts community come together though and we're seeing patrons really be encouraged and encourage each other to donate their tickets to those to those uh, oh, theaters interesting yeah so saying, hey, instead of asking for refunds for the shows and the screenings that you are um, uh, missing, why don't you donate your ticket back? Because uh, these theaters are having to lay off staff mm -hmm. in order to stay in operation. And that way, maybe they don't have to um, furlough as many people or they can they can cover some salaries a little bit more. Uh, so we're, we're really trying as a community to figure out how we come together in the midst of this because really the the whole reason we're shutting things down is to protect the most vulnerable members of our community and uh i find that really really encouraging and uh really hopeful and you know i i do think that this is going to have have us thinking about recontextualizing how we how we do these things in the future. You know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I've got my uh, Seattle International Film Festival uh, in a month. They're still planning, or about a month and a half in the uh, middle of May. I, th they're planning to still continue on. They haven't but, canceled? 
they haven't canceled yet. They start in mid-May. They're canceling. They, they are, I'm just, they're I'm hoping. just saying it. I, oh, I totally know. I totally yeah, know they're, they're going to because this is this is going to go on for a while. And mm-hmm. uh, my wife and I, uh, my wife teaches uh, students in China, and she has been observing this since January. What's been happening to her students? So we've gotten a preview and everything that's happened to her students there. Uh, we're seeing I'm seeing this kind of happen beat mm. for beat here and uh you know this is this is this is going to just continue for us here and uh but it's getting me thinking what are some things that we can start to do uh to maybe make our art forms uh move into a digital space what would a online film festival look like what would some of these other things, uh, how, how would we reconceptualize some of these things? Um, so those are some of the thoughts that I've been having as I've been stuck at home <laughs> for the last week. And, uh, the, you know, the, and I love the online community that we have. I love that, uh, uh, we have, uh, some really, really, uh, incredible places. I love that, that we have places where people are supportive i love that we kick out the trolls so that we don't have to worry about that Um, we do (laughs) you know i i you know i shared uh yesterday just some of the ways that i've been coping with this because it's kind of for two and a half weeks kind of working 14 hour days and uh kind of being at kind of an emotional edge and just being exhausted all the time I just I found myself at my wits end and mm-hmm. um while a lot of us are coming together there still is a lot of denial there's still there are a lot of people who are trying to minimize the situation and trying to say that ah oh, this isn't a big deal what yeah, do it's I like care? the flu yeah yeah or or basically saying well the people who are most at risk they should just stay at home or, right, what, right why why what? should I have to alter my plans Mm-hmm. Because this is going to affect people who are old or who have compromised immune systems. They should just stay at home and let me do what I want to do. And uh, it made me so angry when I would see mm-hmm. these things. And I, you know, I, my wife really encouraged me to find some ways to set boundaries around those things. And, you know, I started having to follow some of the leads of, of people in our Facebook groups of blocking or, or snoozing those people from my feed so that I don't have to engage with that right now because I don't have the bandwidth to argue to uh, to um, to educate right to, yeah, you're, you're not the, uh, the, the, no. the spokesperson for the disease no I, I, I I'm doing a lot of that in my day job and I just don't right. have the the bandwidth to do that in my off hours right now and uh, and I love going to our groups and having a nice refuge from that so yeah it's good we might have to physically be alone but we're not exactly yeah exactly yeah, and exactly. and i and i appreciate uh, you put a post on your personal feed and i that that inspired me a little bit and so we had a couple posts in um in the now group which got some traction and i, I think we're a little bit cathartic to a few people i um, to me for sure and I, you know we're, we're not in the thick of it like like you are both of you actually um, we're Although, as I mentioned, um, uh, an ER doctor just told me that I should stay home because of stuff they're seeing. So, um, Josh, um, I, I hope you don't have coronavirus, but the fact that you might and the fact that a lot of people get mild cases and aren't too symptomatic and those infect others, I think 
So first off, don't go to church, <laughs> please. Exactly. <laughs> don't go to restaurants, please. Uh, I think toughen it out, trying to find some enjoyment is wise. Um, and Robert, I, I guess I'll just ask you, are you going to do the same? Are you going to be tuning out, uh, self-quarantining, even if you don't um, are exhibiting symptoms? Yeah, I feel fine, but I would much rather stay home, make sure that I don't get this, and then I can't spread it. Because I work with kids, I have an elderly mom, better mm-hmm. to be safe than sorry. Yep. Yeah, yep. and PSA to everybody, if you are going to be at in contact with somebody that's at risk, or if you're, if you're even feeling the slightest bit sick, just err on the side of caution. Let's... Let's try to kick this thing. So, you know, to the listeners of Criterion now, at least do your part. Um, and hopefully we can we can come out on the other side, which eventually we will. This is not uh, this is not the end times, uh, as, as even though some memes might say otherwise. Well, you know, we, we went through this with uh, H1N1. Uh, at some point, this will become part of uh, our just disease society. And, and hopefully there'll be a vaccine and so forth. But um I, th- I think it's going to change the way we watch film. Uh, so since we talk about Criterion, we also think of them as, you know, I think of them as human beings, as people, and they, I know a few of them or have uh, interacted with a few of them. And um, and you, they're, they're people. They're, they're a company, just like, just like all of us. So they're thinking about, well, we know for a fact that they're working remotely. And uh, so normally they would be announcing titles tomorrow, and I, I kind of have a feeling they probably will. But you do kind of wonder about, you know, how does this impact this kind of small business, at least for the near term? I mean, they, they have everything planned out for the next three months, and uh, and I would expect maybe some delays. Uh, I, it's it's hard to know. Do you guys have any any thoughts? Yeah, I fully expect that a couple titles are going to get delayed, which is totally fine. I also expect that they're going to get a huge bump in revenue from the channel. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, Um, and I think that they might get an overload of cover artists because a lot of them are bored and staying home and drawing. So um, we might get a lot better cover art, and not not that it's ever bad. Um, I do wonder what um, I think we'll probably see less original supplements on the channel because you know so many of those supplements are done in-house at criterion offices yeah and with those things being done remotely i think we're going to just see less of that um uh, although you know who knows how far down the pipeline they've produced these supplements um yeah. yeah i think they they probably do have a pretty lengthy pipeline but remember they as you mentioned they do them in the studio in new york they do them overseas, so there's there's a b- number that are, have been filmed in Italy. So Italy is, yeah. I don't see that that tran- transforming into um, a, a, an accommodating place to record anything for quite a while, uh, or even to travel to, much less uh, record. Uh, and they do have their their annual retreat in Bologna, so that's I believe it usually in the summer. So even that I think is on on thin ice. So just anybody from Criterion, you know, you have our complete support. I personally will understand if you don't have as many supplements, I'm not going to get uh, upset. Uh, you know, I, I can't speak for the entire community, but I think, you know, the majority of us are uh, not going to complain on your side, thinking of you as people uh, support you. So, uh, yeah. And, and, and they generally make us happy with the channel, with their discs. I mean, I think they are that respite, the, the break from, um, 
from the everyday turmoil that we're we're experiencing. So um so thank you, Criterion, for, for being so cool, right? I totally echo agree. every one of your sentiments. <laughs> thank you. Well, and then, so, I, I guess we'll find out what's coming out tomorrow, but uh, let's talk. Are you guys, do you have more to say about this coronavirus thing, or have we exceeded your 15 minutes, Josh? I think we're, we're, we're pretty close, but I, I just want to just encourage people to uh, find ways to uh, unplug from the news for, you know, t- from time to time. Um as I've been doing this for two and a half weeks, uh, it's really easy for me to just keep refreshing the newsfeed pretty frequently uh, to um, keep following what the latest developments are because it's, it's uh, you know, I, I can tell myself that I need to know for my work mm-hmm. uh, and I want to keep stay up to date on what the latest things are. And I found that it was uh, Im- Repeating on my enjoyment of the films that I was watching, on the time I was sharing with my wife, uh, on my ability to rest. Mm. And as this situation continues, and it's probably going to continue for a long time, uh, we still need to take it seriously. We still need to be aware and be informed about what's going on. But uh, I think it's really important to find those moments to unplug from it for a few hours for our films and to uh, let ourselves go into the the worlds that uh, these great filmmakers have created for us uh, to engage with uh, the the work of artists who have been wrestling with these deep human issues uh, over the course of of the decades and uh, really uh, emerge kind of from these films uh, changed and ready to come back and mm-hmm. engage with the world again. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, if you do have the, have the virus, Josh, you're going to be yes. okay. I mean, you're, you're yeah. going to be, you'll yeah. be on this and you can actually probably help support others if, once you get to that green recovered status. Exactly. But, uh, but I, I, know, I know the feeling. I, I'm, I'm a news junkie and this is fascinating and, and it's scary but also fascinating because this is very new territory. If you told me a few months ago that we'd be reading about pandemics, and I, mean, I would have called you a liar. But um, but yeah, it, it is easy to just look at the numbers, to look at the 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 new cases, to get consumed by it, and uh, and we do need those breaks. So I've, I've watched fewer movies lately than um, even though I've had more time. So I, I think I should heed your advice uh, as well. Um, so w- without further ado, let's get into s- some geek talk about film. How about it? Sounds good. Yay! <laughs> okay, so we have uh, some some really great. Uh, I think we're in a period of great titles uh, being coming out and um, and had recently recently come out. Uh, so, Salesman, the the documentary by the Mazels brothers, or actually, I'm sorry, it's Mazels and somebody else. I'll I'll look it up. Uh, and we had per- Paris is Burning. Charlotte uh, Zwerin. Th- thank you, Robert. And then we had the Carol Zeman set has just come out. Uh, well, you know. I, a couple weeks ago. So I've watched all three. Well, not all three. I've seen Salesman before, but I was, that's an example. I was going to watch it before I came on the the episode, but I was too consumed by the news and social media. So I, I didn't get to it. Um, so just uh, let's go alphabetically. Uh, so Josh, Salesman, Paris is Burning, and Carol Zeman. I, can you think of three better, more, more fitting films? Uh, no, I especially am 
excited for the Carl Zeman set. I think that having these three just luminous, fantastic films during this time is just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, his film style and the the use of animation and uh, I mean, these are just these are gorgeous films. Uh, I haven't had a chance to see Paris is Burning yet, but uh, I have it. I got it with the flash sale and caught up through the end of the February releases. And I'm very uh, eager to see this one. So uh, this is great. And uh, Salesman is such a great film. Uh, this is I mean, this is a great this is a great slate of uh, recent recent releases. So. Um, yeah, I I think Criterion just is continuing to knock it out of the park. Agree, and uh, yes. Yeah, so, so Robert, what do you think? I'm just gonna echo what Josh said. I'm so excited. I bought the Zeman set and Paris is Burning and All About My Mother at the most recent flash sale. I haven't watched any of them. I've seen uh, Paris is Burning and All About My Mother before, which I love them both, and. The box set I am especially curious to dive into because we've all seen clips on YouTube of it or in film documentaries, but I'm really looking to dive into that weird, fantastical world and figure out the tone of Zeman and just hopefully become a fan for life. You will. And and Zeman's a great example of that escapist uh, and unadulterated, unadulterated joy uh, in, you find in film. I, I think if you haven't seen him, and and if you like stuff like Harryhausen I, or even uh, creative animation, I think it's probably going to be up your alley. But it's so delightful. So I have watched the set, um, and it's very early on my short list for best of the year. I, I, I you know... Fulini or whatever box set, uh, notwithstanding, it's going to be a tough one to beat. Um, so yeah, if you're looking for an escape, I recommend those. The the, the middle one, Invention for Destruction. I, I'd already seen Baron Munchausen, but I was very very taken by Invention for Destruction and just the, it's just a marvel what that guy did. And uh, sadly, I was going to go to Prague to see his museum. I still still could. It's August, so who knows? But I'm thinking most likely not. So we'll see. But anyway. I, I will also just say that I am very glad to have picked it up uh, while the pop-up packaging is still available because the pop-up packaging is an absolute delight. Yes, it is. Uh, is that, so that's, that's done. I, I know some people had some damage with theirs. And by the way, if you're, if you're requesting uh, returns from Criterion, please be patient with them. They're, that's probably going to take a little bit. Uh, but so those pop-ups are, are no longer going to be printed uh it says limited pop-up packaging so i'm guessing that once they sell out of this run this first printing that uh, it will go to more standard packaging so buy it now it's it's amazing it's great to have uh it's again it's a joy that's what this is what you need in your life get it <laughs> and i also watch paris is burning uh which also is special in a different way you know it covers a period in time that I really wasn't even really aware of, you know, trans, the trans community obviously existed in the eighties. And, um, and I, but I, I didn't know about these shows, I, you know, aside from Madonna videos, I didn't know about voguing. So, um, so it was, there is some, some difficulties, some, some, I guess I, you'd say some tragedy within that, which, you know, you're going to, any, uh, eighties portrayal of, uh, of the gay community is going to have that. 
Uh, but I, I really thought it was a, a remarkable documentary and re- recommend it. And same with Salesman. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, also not the most uh, uplifting, but it's a great portrait of a um, what turned out to be a dying um, a dying uh, uh, job market, I guess, uh, Bible salesman. So, Josh, in your community, do you have any Bible salesmen? No, no, we don't have any Bible salesmen. We are a uh, slightly more progressive uh, branch of <laughs> okay. the, the Christian movement. So. Yeah, not door-to-door. I would highly recommend no, against no. it right now, actually. Yes, yes. <laughs> so coming soon, uh, we have some good stuff. Let me just start with Bamboozled because uh, I, I just watched it today, and uh, and I found it really interesting. Uh, and also because we had Modine, uh, and he talked a little bit about it a, few, a couple months ago. And I, his part was really short, <laughs> so really, really short. In fact, I'm, I, I kind of wasted his time talking to him about it. Not really. <laughs> uh, have you guys seen this yet? No, I can't wait for the release. I have been wanting to watch the movie for years, and then, of course, it's always been in flux as coming to Criterion. Yeah. So yeah, I've just sweating. kept waiting and waiting, and now it is finally happening. I can't wait to have the disc uh, in my hands, and then putting it into my Blu-ray player. I hope it lives up to my expectations, because at this point I'm not sure it can. <laughs> this, was, this was my introduction to Spike Lee. This was the very first film of his that I saw back years ago, and I love this film. I am so excited for it, and uh, uh, I really, really love this movie. It's weird and odd and difficult but i think it's outstanding so i will temper those expectations just a little bit i think it's amazing um and i think that spike lee is a genius and i think that nobody on the planet could probably make a movie like this other than spike lee just because of the film history and and just his i don't want to i don't want to sound bad but his his audacity i guess or his boldness you know that to 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 make a satire that's so <laughs> you, you make a satire by imitating the most horrific portrayal of a, a group of people probably in history um so i i think it's fascinating I, I do think it has problems i think it's too long i think that i yeah i had some some minor issues with it but um but i thought it was remarkable in a lot of ways the features are really interesting there's um there's one, uh, the minstrel show. I forget what what they called it, but it it says something about the minstrel show. Um, recommend checking that out, and also the uh, the interview with Spike Lee. Of course, always love to hear what Spike says. Um, so rounding out the month, we have uh, Leave Her to Heaven. The cranes are fl- flying and <laughs> showboats. So I when when you woo, you get to talk. So R- Robert, <laughs> explain. I the am woo. so excited for Leave Her to Heaven. One of my favorite film going experiences of all time was two years ago at TCM Fest uh, when they showed a nitrate print of this movie, and it was the first time I got to see it. And, oh, wow, is it one of my favorite films noir. Uh, Gene Tierney is one of the, if not the greatest, with humble apologies to Barbara Stanwyck, uh, Femme Fatales, in history. The gorgeous color cinematography, which is, of course, abnormal for most noir, but it really fits the film itself. And how dark and messed up it is for a movie made in 1945 the places that it goes which i'm going to be vague because it hasn't come out and i don't want to spoil it but it goes to some very dark places that are is unexpected so 
Highly recommended. Love Vincent Price in this as well. And don't forget that Tierney, who I think is an incredibly underrated actress because, of course, her seminal uh, role is Laura, which she's sort of a cipher in. She doesn't get the credit she deserves as an actress of excellence. She was nominated for Best Actress this year uh, f uh, for this film and lost to Joan Crawford and Mildred Pierce. And it's a testament to how great she is that I kind of think she should have won, even though I love Mildred Pierce too. Tough, tough battle. Yeah, yeah. No, it's been been a little bit since I've seen it, but I, I yeah, I look forward to recatching re it. That's is that a word? Uh, the Cranes <laughs> Are Flying is a masterpiece. Go check it out. And Showboat, Showboat's a masterpiece too. This is just a great month. What What about you, uh, Josh? Do you have any thoughts on the last three? I have not seen the last three. I am very eager uh, for all of them, especially Showboat, since it's a laserdisc upgrade. Uh, I always love getting mm -hmm. those back into the collection. I think it's uh, always exciting. I'm a best version attempt to be complete. I've got uh, all of the discs through February uh, on uh, from DVD and Blu-ray, but uh, I've been slowly working my way through some of the Laserdisc titles. And so anytime we get a Laserdisc title in, it's a lovely thing to not have to go back and track down Laserdiscs on eBay. So... Yes, I'm very excited for that one. And I'll I'll say to counter the 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 bold stereotypes within Bamboozled that are also part of early uh, early Hollywood and early silent film, uh, Showboat is an example. It's not the per most perfect film, but Paul Robeson is an example of an actor who certainly uh, played by his own terms as much as he could. So I'm not going to say it's a perfect portrayal, but yeah, Paul Robeson rocks. And so check him out in Showboat. Um, so we have some rumors coming around, uh, not rumors, but, uh, well, yeah, I guess kind of rumors. Um, they're saying that, uh, Jim Jarmusch's, uh, Ghost Dog and Coffee and Cigarettes are coming to the collection. I believe this was something that leaked at a fe festival. This is, again, this is the kind of stuff we might miss this year, all these little nuggets that we uh, enjoy so much. Now we'll have to wait for them on Twitter. Um, so I think that's great news. I haven't seen Coffee and Cigarettes, but, uh, Ghost Dog is a fun movie. Uh, again, kind of a kind of a samurai, a modern samurai film. So, uh, uh, Josh, you got any thoughts on on these two, or or Jar Jarmusch in general? Yeah, I like Jarmusch. Uh, I saw Ghost Dog years ago as I was still kind of forming my my taste as a cinephile, and so it was one that I appreciated but didn't love, and so I'm eager to revisit it. I think Coffee and Cigarettes was one that I missed, and uh, Jarmusch is one whose films I typically need to watch a couple of times to really click into the rhythms, especially those early ones. Uh, Dead Man was one that I saw in college and appreciated again, but didn't really <laughs> love, and, and when I rewatched yeah. it with the, the Criterion release, I absolutely loved the film, and... It's a toughie. Uh, <laughs> it, and so, I, I just, I find that uh, that with time and experience, I find that uh, his films tend to work better with for me, uh, especially some mm -hmm. of those ones that are maybe a little more philosophical or a little uh, headier. And so I'm excited to revisit Ghost Dog if it does come back. And it's one I need to revisit, I think, anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I like Jarmusch, and I think any more any Jarmusch uh, that gets added to the collection is is a good thing. Even ones that are maybe considered minor, I think, are, are worth uh, having in the collection. 
Yeah, his latest one wasn't uh, t- too acclaimed, but uh, and we also got two upgrades from him last year. But uh, yeah, I- I'll take more John Mershko Criterion. Thank you. Uh, Taylor, do you agree? Yeah, I haven't seen Coffee and Cigarettes either, aside from the Cape Blanchett short within it, which I thought was great. Um, I kind of want Ghost Dog to be uh, Criterion to put it in a set with Les Samurai. I think that that would be pretty Ooh, cool. That would be fun. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I really like Ghost Dog. It's one of those genuinely eccentric movies that manages to pull off its eccentricities, at least in mm-hmm. my opinion. So two thumbs up if it comes to the collection. <laughs> yeah, certainly. And and I do think that Jarmusch works a lot better on rewatches. Uh, so Dead Man, I, I still haven't cracked open that disc. So <laughs> that says, it's not that I didn't like it, but I just didn't, it didn't resonate with me. So Ghost Dog is an easier first time watch. And you know what? Now I think I have seen Coffee and Cigarettes. It's just been a while. So anyway, I'll, I'll find out when I pop it in. So more rumors, uh, and these were from Spike himself. So speaking of Spike Lee, uh, he's been uh, he's been leaking news out, and so far he's been pretty mostly accurate. Uh, he he did say may have some rumors about other films of his that ended up on Kino, and I think that might might have just been confusion. Uh, he's had a lot of stuff come out on home media this year, so if you're looking for Spike Lee, it's out there. But uh, he's somewhere. He said that four little girls and she's got to have it, are going to come to Criterion at some point. I'm guessing probably in a little while, because we, you know, it wasn't too long ago we got to do the right thing, and now, of course, bamboozled. Uh, so I, I'm excited. I haven't seen, I, I love his documentaries, but I haven't seen Four Little Girls, and she's got to have it. I haven't seen since, you know, I was a kid. So, uh, Josh, what do you think about more Spike? I think it's great. I think that if they can get as much of his... Uh, filmography in the collection i think that would be outstanding i do think that he is one of the great filmmakers uh the great american filmmakers that we have right now i think that he is consistently interesting in everything Mm -hmm. that he's doing even in films that maybe have uh, even in films that maybe miss the mark a little bit i think that he is always experimenting he's always doing something interesting in those films i haven't seen four little girls yet either but that's really exciting to have an HBO film come to the collection. Yeah. I think yeah. that's that's a new avenue as well. And so, again, seeing the ways in which he is, or the Criterion is partnering with other distributors, uh, yeah. I think that's that's all really great. And yeah. I Very love good. She's Gotta Have It. Uh, getting his first kind of really big feature film into the collection is just outstanding as well. And again, another Laserdisc title that uh, would make it into the collection. Oh, that's right. That, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, Robert, what about Spike? Yeah, uh, I watched the TV show adaptation of She's Gotta Have It before I saw the film itself. The two-season Netflix series that Spike also wrote and directed, and I love them both. I'm very much looking forward to the movie. It's so interesting to see where he was then as opposed to how far he has matured and uh where he is now just comparing the two i haven't seen four little girls i'm excited to see four little girls and give me all the spike you want to give i would love a box set actually (laughs) um because i feel like some of his lesser known movies that might not merit a release so i say band them all together release them all i will happily buy i will happily pluck down 80 bucks for a big set of his stuff yeah 
And one of the wish list items was a Spike Lee documentary set, and uh, that one really uh, got my attention. And speaking of HBO, I, I believe it was HBO that uh, that put out one Levy's break about uh, Katrina, yeah. and that's that's a brilliant documentary. Uh, I, and I, I love what you said about uh, Spike, Josh, because I, I agree that he has so much passion in all of his films, and but they're not always great films. Uh, but when when they're great, they're really great. Uh, of course, Do the Right Thing is probably one of the most explosive racial um, uh, films. Not maybe not, I shouldn't qualify it with racial. I'd just say one of the most explosive and and uh, 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 can't think of the word, but uh, yeah, just fulfilling films in a in a very weird way. Um, so Spike is special, and uh, and I, I can't wait to see what he comes out with next. So uh, this well. Next topic is a little, a little different than Spike, but uh, so we talked about Bruce Lee with the newsletter clues, and and I think that we were at least I was a little surprised. Um, not that I, th- I I think Bruce Lee is an interesting uh, persona, and I think his films are interesting, but kind of was surprised to see uh, potentially come into the collection. But apparently Janice already has, uh, I believe it's four of his films on their website already. So looks like there's going to be some sort of Bruce Lee tour. And I'm when I say I didn't expect, I'm not complaining. I, th- I think it's great, actually, but just not what you'd expect. So, uh, so Josh, what do you think about Mr. Kung Fu? You know, I'm not the biggest fan of the Bruce Lee films. I think I've seen a few of them uh, a number of years ago. But, you know, I didn't expect to enjoy all of the Zatoichi films. I didn't expect to enjoy Mm -hmm. most of the Godzilla films as well. And I think that what Criterion will do in putting the Bruce Lee films together in a set and giving us the context and in uh, helping to place these films within a, uh, a really great framework to understand what Bruce Lee was doing and to understand that his place in the history of cinema I think is going to be really really impressive and exciting and uh, you know I I have just learned to trust Criterion yes and their active curation and so for me it's it's a no-brainer uh, I think it will undoubtedly sell a ton of copies which will also help yes. them <laughs> Uh, fund their more obscure projects and the things that we're going to be talking about later as well but uh, it's uh, it's going to be great I'm I'm excited for it uh, more to learn more about Bruce Lee and mm-hmm. uh, uh, and to learn more about a genre of film that is uh, that I've always looked at as maybe less uh, as as maybe less interesting than some of the other stuff mm-hmm. that I enjoy, and maybe you know, maybe less artistic, but or yeah, maybe a different yeah. kind of artistic. But yeah. yeah, well, and you know, let's think about the fact that you know, again, Criterion is trying to represent the the breadth of cinema. So we do have action films like The Rock and Armageddon, and I know people complain about that, but there's a reason that those are in the collection. It's not just to have made the money when they were starting off the DVD line. It's also because those are examples of 90s blockbuster action films. And they're good examples of 90s blockbuster mm-hmm. action films. We have the 90s indie films. We have 2000s indie films. And people can complain about those, but Criterion's trying to be this comprehensive library yeah. of of examples of these types of different 
different films that are out there. And I think that this is this is a, a hole in Criterion's library that they're filling, and I think it's really great. Yeah, 70s American Kung Fu. Sure sure don't have it. So, uh, Robert, what do you think of uh, Bruce Lee? Uh, I think Josh is being incredibly generous. I'm not that. (laughs) I'm not that interested in... I've seen Way of the Dragon, and it's fine. (laughs) Um, You know what? Here's what I will say. I never expected to enjoy the Jackie Chan box set that was released last year, and I love... Yeah, and I love Police Store. I love the first one. The second one I didn't like at all, but I love the first one. So, open mind. I will happily consider checking them out if they are released. Right. In fact, I was thinking about Jackie Chan. I, uh, Jackie Chan sat on my 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 dresser for six months. My, not my dresser, but my uh, my TV stand, whatever you call it, for six months. Uh, and I just, you know, it took me a while to get to motivate myself to watch it but when i watched rewatched police story and i was pleasantly surprised I, i'm with you on police story too it was kind of a dud uh, but what criterion highlighted was the stunt work and uh and i guess maybe I, that didn't really hit me the first time i watched it that wow this guy did everything and and you know the the different uh the different camera angles for this the, the, this one important stunt uh, at the end of the film uh, was really impressive and uh yeah really worth highlighting so I'm sure there will be some of that with uh, with Bruce Lee. I'm sure there's some things with his craft that uh, that we don't know about now, and maybe this is be a way to respond to the Tarantino portrayal too, uh, which, yeah, not too favorable. The special features of the Jackie Chan two for set, which show many of his other stunts of the era, including one where he recreates the iconic clock scene in Safety Last, yes. made the box set worth it for me. So as Josh was That's saying great. earlier. This is going to be a set to buy for the special features, I, I suspect. Yeah. And, and also, you're right, it'll sell copies. And this is a great transition, so it'll sell copies so they can put out, uh, well, there are rumors, well, not really rumors, but uh, uh, Usman Semben uh, had uh, Emite and Sedo, C-E-D-D-O, I don't know if that's, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce, if it's Chedo or how, how that C works. But it was on the channel, right, Josh, with Janice? Um headings is that right uh, i don't believe it's on the channel i think it was oh tcm uh, tcm tcm yeah. thanks yes so it's on tcm so which is actually a better sign uh, because if it's just on the channel it might mean nothing uh so it would, th- this possibly could be a w- wcp3 uh set or it could possibly be i, I would be happy with a Ben box set but i don't think that the uh, that there would be a big market for that um i would love there to be but i, I just think in reality there's not so so, Josh, what do you think of, uh, or how do you feel about Morsen Ben possibly coming? Oh, I think it's it's a, a, a outstanding. I would love to get more African cinema in the collection, and Sembene is, I think, a master filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is uh, incredible. I saw his, I think it was his last film, Moulad, in theaters, uh, maybe... Uh, about a decade ago a little maybe 20 years ago uh (laughs) and it's it's it was an incredible experience and uh watching black girl when that was released uh just a little bit ago it's great um you know he is he is an incredible filmmaker and uh i think that uh, the more that criterion can 
bring out and highlight films from Africa, uh, I think the the better. Uh, we have such great representation from so many other uh, areas and corners of the world, uh, but I think African films are, you know, there are there are so many issues with film elements and I know it's mm -hmm. hard to uh, get those things restored sometimes and I know that Criterion's really working hard with the WCP to try to get those things in uh, pristine condition condition to get them uh, released on disc and so uh, let's let's get as much of that out as we can because I do think that it's a uh, an area of uh, in a region that we just need to get more work out from. I, I agree. Uh, Robert, who's one Now, in? this one has me excited. I, I feel like Black Girl is low-key one of the best films ever released in the collection. It's one of the ones that, you know, we don't talk about on uh you know, week-to-week -week basis, but it's one of the ones where if you talk to someone who has seen the movie, you're, you just talk about it for 45 minutes in that yeah. hushed oh my god it's so good mm -hmm. tone and so i am all for more coming to the collection as aaron like you were saying i suspect it's going to be the anchor for the third uh world cinema project in the way taipei's story was for the second one um and i am all for it i uh, bring it on <laughs> and or maybe los Obadados uh could be that anchor as well i will see i, I think I don't have a listing in front of me of the uh, the titles that haven't come uh, come out yet, but I think there have been a number, so I think they they could definitely fill a set with some quality uh, quality film. So speaking of set, uh, <laughs> these topics do tend to transition to each other today. Uh, we have uh, a big set potentially coming out this year. I, I think we're we're pretty certain that Fellini Box is coming. Would you say? It's got to be. Yeah. I mean the clue all of the restorations it's it's coming it's going to be our november box i would bet november box from robert's mouth to your ears uh so make it happen so there is a um, knights of cabiria and the white chic restorations arrived again don't want to belabor uh coronavirus but i hope that the situation in italy especially the restoration efforts of the other films aren't impacted by this i could see that happening but um but but i hope you're right Robert, I, I think even if even if you're not right, they, this probably was meant for a, uh, a 2020 release. So I, I don't know how much we we can gush about the potential of a Fellini box. Let's pray it happens. We, but we need to get John Lobinger to say it because anything he <laughs> says eventually happens. Yeah. So I think he said it. John, if you're listening, just post it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Just just say make it happen and get better. So, uh, Josh, what do you think? I think it's probably, I think it's probably happening. I do think that the newsletter clue, uh, New Year's clue, uh, is pretty, it's pretty certain that this is going to happen. I am curious, because uh, I know the restorations are all happening um, in Italy, uh, and I know that the rights are all kind of a tangle, and so it will be interesting to see who, where the rights to the individual films end up. Um, I do hope that the Fellini films, uh, most of them end up with Criterion to be able to put out a massive box set. And I hope that they're able to um, uh, 
to to finagle enough rights or at least limited rights to be able to put together something like the Bergman set because mm, yeah. I, I think that um, a Fellini set without Knights of Kiberia would be uh, a, a real travesty. Yeah, that that that's like uh, speaking of anchors, that would be almost the anch- one of the anchor titles uh, for yeah. for Fellini's uh, body of work. Yeah, I think that, I, I think it's it has to have Kiberia and based on the uh, you know army of shadows came back so and yeah there there have been rumors of it coming and like you said the clue so i i think uh the studio canal titles are gonna gonna be in there as well all right guys well let's get to the short take section we haven't had one of these in a, a good while so this is just where we talk about a criterion we viewed lately it can be disc or channel although more disc, I think, lately. Um, although, Robert, if you're going to do something on the channel, that's fine, too. <laughs> so, Josh, I'll start with you, sir. What uh, criterion have has tickled your fancy? Yeah, uh, my wife and I, a few weeks ago, uh, were looking for something kind of light and fun to watch, and we picked uh, The Holiday with uh, Cary Grant and Katherine Hepburn, uh, directed by George Cukor, and uh, it was an absolute delight. Mm. I I'm I tend to be kind of lukewarm on Cukor films. I find uh, I always go in kind of hoping for screwball comedy with Cukor, and uh, find him to be a little too sentimental for my taste at times. But uh, when he gets that blend just perfect, I. F- I think that his films just are really lovely and the holiday is really fantastic. I think that uh, Grant and Hepburn are phenomenal Mm -hmm. in it. The supporting cast is great. The dialogue is really sharp and uh, it's surprisingly moving. And I think that again, when he has a great script and when he's working with a really strong cast, it all just sings perfectly. And uh, I think that uh, Holiday is a really outstanding little film. And uh, if you haven't seen it yet, I would highly recommend it. It's a, a really uh, wonderful little film. And it's it would be a good film to watch now, I'm just saying. Uh, I totally agree, yeah. It's uplifting, it's enjoyable. Yeah, this is also one of my favorites of, of the year thus far, so uh, good call. Although I, I'm curious, I, I tend to have liked Cooker, but um, maybe not, not everything. I, I don't like My Fair Lady, sorry. Yeah. I think, uh, I think I did the big binge when we had the Directed by Cooker bundle, and I was very excited to dig into Cooker, and I think I right. went on Cooker Overload, and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, there were some that really, really worked for me and some that didn't. So I'll be revisiting some of his bigger films just to see if, uh, uh, if maybe I was just a little too soured on some of his lesser films <laughs> when I uh, saw them. Well, well, we'll find out. Yeah, the the, the women uh, grouping, right? I know the yeah, women is yeah. the big one, but there yeah. are some others. So, um, Robert, what what about your short, short take? Uh, I was on the channel yesterday and saw that there was a movie called Young Sherlock Holmes, and so I thought, why not watch it? Have you guys ever seen this movie? I grew up watching this movie. Same it's here. It's so good. Same it's here. It's so uh, okay. good. The, it's, it's one of those, you can't take it seriously. It almost works as a comedy more than a mystery, which of course is fine, uh, because the tone is fun. Uh, the music by Bruce Broughton is great. The three lead performances, Sherlock, Watson, and then the love interest from actors who I haven't really noticed 
prior to this I also thought were engaging and fun and it was everything that I wanted in like a 1980s reboot of <laughs> Sherlock Holmes <laughs> uh so inoffensive fun if you're yeah. looking for something to just it's not a have on in the background movie because certainly it's lovely and worth your attention but it's a nice light fun film that i am happy that i saw <laughs> i'll have to reevaluate i i like josh i saw it when i was a kid and, and i thought of it as just a reboot of Sherlock Holmes that didn't make sense but uh did you like it I, I grew up watching this, and uh, I loved it as a kid. Uh, I really, really enjoyed this, and I was glad to see that they brought it on for one of their Saturday matinees. So, yeah, I'm glad you're talking about this, Robert. It's it's a lot of fun. I'm actually curious if it came out before or after Temple of Doom. Of course, Spielberg was a producer on both of them, but they're very, very similar in the second half. <laughs> Pretty close, yeah, interesting. Well, I'm going to pivot. I was actually going to... Well, I'm going to try to find something a little more enjoyable than my first choice. My first choice was Forgiveness of Blood, uh, which is about <laughs> Albanian blood uh, feuds. It, it's good. <laughs> I, I just won't get into it. I'm going to go to, uh, this is not exactly completely uplifting, but for me it, it is special, and that's Roma. So it's, uh, mm. I, 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 finally, it's been a few weeks now, but I, I watched the Criterion edition of Roma and all of the supplements, uh, again, talking about early candidates for release of the year this one is a very very early uh uh top of the list or near the top of the list um, special movie and really this time watching it and seeing it just just getting in the skin of uh i appreciate I, I forget her character's name off the top of my head but um just a really special film and it and this one did catch take me away this is a perfect film for a rewatch and, uh, and yeah, I found myself so moved so much, but not like, you know, you were talking about Kukor and how he couldn't be a little, little manipulative. It was invested in the characters and also in the, um, the, the, the circumstances of the time. So, um, really, I, I think probably everybody that's listening has seen Roma, but highly recommend checking out the, the, uh, the Criterion edition and also the, the documentary about it, which was very special. All the features were just, it was just, uh, splendorific, uh, is that, that's a word. I don't know. Have you guys seen uh, the Roma, uh, the the Criterion version yet? It's great. I love the special features and also appreciate the movie in general for taking the bullet at the Oscars so that Parasite could win this year. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And uh, that that's coming too. And and it was Cleo, right? Was the character? Um, yeah, I, I gave this one the the five stars on letterbox i don't do that very often i i, I don't know why i just I, I reserve that for like the really really truly special films so i, I think this is a, a a best among the best films of the uh, this millennium so hopefully it'll continue <laughs> so uh, all right well that's that's our show and we just have what we call the piece of flair so this is just stuff that uh that we've been enjoying that's not necessarily criterion so uh josh i'm sure hopefully there's been something Yes, yes. Uh, so uh, my uh, my wife and I uh, we watched some TV during dinner, and uh, we when we started our relationship, uh, we agreed to share uh, each other's formative shows 
with each other, uh, the shows that we grew up watching. And so uh, she shared Deep Space Nine with me, uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. We watched through all of that together. And now we are watching uh, my show, which was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And uh, and so we are uh, deep into our Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel because uh, we're doing that together, uh, mm. watch. And uh, it's been a delight to share a show that was really formative to me. It still holds up fairly well. There's still some you know, things that are cheesy or uh, don't work as well uh, in a modern context. But uh, it's been a nice bit of escape for both of us in the midst of the uh, current situation. And uh, we look forward to it every night to watch a couple of episodes and kind of unwind and come down from kind of our respective stresses and mm. uh yeah it's it's been a nice bit of kind of uh i won't say completely mindless but a nice bit of fun entertainment <laughs> in the at the end of the day so okay I, I i i've heard great things about buffy but i've also heard that it takes like two seasons for it to get good so i, I did give it a shot one time and that's like 20 hours if not yeah. more I, I gave it a shot, and I was just like, ah, oh, you know what? I'm just not worth going through all that. So, would you say it's worth it? And or would you say that's correct that the uh, the it does gets better? I think oh. I think if you're willing to to give it, you know, it's about I think about the half of, halfway through the second season is when I really it clicked in for me. Uh, I started watching it in college. Uh, uh, and it was about halfway through the second season uh, was when I started watching it. And I was like, oh, what's going on here? This is <laughs> this is really fun. And uh, uh, I really enjoyed it. I, I think that the the characters kind of grew a little bit there. There are things that, uh, you know, as someone who has, uh, uh, as a playwright, uh, someone who, who writes stories, and my wife is uh, writes uh, novels and short stories, we're able to kind of break it down as we watch too and go, Oh, you know, this is where they could have maybe done this a little better. And, you know, mm-hmm. watching it 20 years later, we're able to kind of learn from the mistakes of the show a little bit too. Um, but yeah, I would say it's about a season and a half that it start that it That's takes fair. to, to get better. Um, I, yeah, it's the it's the two parter where Angel becomes jealous. Yes, is specifically the episode you should start with if yeah. you want to start. Okay, yeah. can you do that? Can you get away with that? I think I, so. As long as you know the characters, you'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. So just I think there, some Wikipedia, maybe. Yeah, read up a little bit about it. Under you know, or even just watch a couple of highlights from season one and skip most of the <laughs> kind of. There's some really bad episodes in season one that you can probably get away with missing. So, <laughs> okay, there, yeah. there probably is some sort of YouTube summary out there. Yes, so. exactly, exactly. Right. It's right, fun. I, 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 but it's also not for everyone. At the same time, yeah, uh, that's fair too. And I think that's that's something that uh, that I will say. But I will say that this is a show that I have shown to multiple people, and uh, so far no one has walked away in disgust from it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that. Okay. Uh, yes. Josh is going to say uh, start in the middle of season two, and I am going to say stop at the end of season five. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So there's a there's an expiration date too. A start and expiration. Yes. So, all right, Roberts, what what's your piece of flair? So mine is a cute YouTube series because 
all of my picks this week were just like things that give me joy and yeah. one of the things that's really giving me joy is the the youtube channel of bon appetit magazine <laughs> uh specifically this series called gourmet makes have you guys heard of this yet or no yeah no. my wife watches it and i i just think it's fan fan it's mind-boggling that bon, bon appetit is like now cool oh. yes <laughs> I get such joy and happiness from watching. So it's this pastry chef who is an editor for the magazine. Her name is Claire. And in every episode of the series, she takes a sweet treat or some, like, low-caliber food, and then she recreates a gourmet version of it. So she'll take Gushers or Skittles or Twinkies or in the latest one was Bagel Bites and then create a gourmet version of that food, essentially upgrading it. And it's watching her trials, travails, <laughs> her failures, her successes, uh, with all of the characters in the background. It's sort of, and this is an odd uh, connection, but it reminds me a little bit of like Stars Hollow and Gilmore Girls, where everyone's quirky and fun, and it just makes you smile the entire time you watch the show. And who hasn't had a Reese cup and then been like, I don't feel like going to the store. How can I create it myself? <laughs> so this is the show for you. It's they're between 10 and 30 minutes long. And okay. there's so much fun. I highly recommend them. I have never had that moment where I thought, okay, I'm going to make Reese's cup at home. So it might not be for me. Uh, is, is it kind of like British baking show? That kind of uh, joy? Yeah, it has that sort of like light, happy. Everyone's helping everyone else. Uh, everyone out vibe. Okay, well, I'll, mm. I'll, I'll bet Andrea watches it, and, and, and it sparks joy for her. Mm-hmm. So, on that note, uh, speaking of spark and joy, uh, we are near the end of Shit's Creek, uh, which is the uh, the television series, the sitcom, I guess you could say, on the Pop Network. Uh, from it's this Canadian show with Eugene Levy, Dan Levy. Catherine O'Hara, and uh, I believe her name is Annie Murphy, is the fourth star. And so I, I, I watched, I think, maybe a season and a half and really dug it. And I, I, I wanted to wait to uh, catch it at some other time. I think I was waiting for my gym to get internet or something. So hmm. definitely not happening now. Because um, it's it's a perfect treadmill type of a show. Um, and so I didn't watch it. But then Doug started his podcast. So I, this is a Blame Doug situation, which goes back to uh, we have a long history of blaming Doug. So oh, Come on, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> this is a positive Blame Doug. Um, so so Doug launched his uh, his podcast, which is called Shits and Giggles. Nice, Nicely done there, Doug. Uh, do, I go and, and look it up. It's a great podcast. Uh, he and his wife, Carla, are um, going through the... I'm sorry, it's Paul McCambridge. He, he's going by Paul. Don't ask. Uh, so they, they're going through each episode uh, one at a time every couple weeks. So I was stuck, stuck with it. I thought, okay, you know what? I'll, I'll watch the, the show, the series with him, and I'll keep to, my, to their pace. So I, I re- rewatched uh, the early shows, and I got up to like episode eight, and I was just, you know what? I'm going, going to town. And then my wife started watching it. <laughs> And then we were going in separate uh, separate paces until season five. Then we watched those together, and now we're at season six, which is the uh, the final season. Really special show, and and it, I don't want to get into the the themes, but I'll just say that it really handles the topic of uh, a homosexual couple in one of the the 
best ways possible. So, but you have to wait a little, little bit. Uh, get I think to season three or four to get to that point, and then the end of season five is almost perfect. Or I'm sorry, was it five or four? <laughs> okay, it's already. You can tell I've been. Uh, bit, season five. Season five. Thank you, Robert. So you do you agree with that statement? Yes, I think it's a wonderful, wonderful series. I love mm. the way that it handles LGBTQIA uh, characters, mm-hmm. and it's just a shame it's called Shit's Creek because I feel like <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's eighty percent of why people are like immediately dismiss it. If it were called anything else, uh, it I feel like it would have been getting Emmys way before this. That's possible, and in fact, Andrea is not a big sitcom person, so she took some some. Uh, she needed some time with it, and she just watched it because it was light. So she kept kept on going with it through the the second season, and she was hooked. But yeah, I think I think it's uh, it, it, yeah. I, I like the title and I like the town, but uh, yeah. It, and and if you're looking for something light to uh, zone out to, and uh, and as Josh said, uh, uh, tune out, uh, get off the internet. This is a great opportunity. It's just really, really fun. And that's the show. So uh, that's a criterion now. And uh, yeah, so hopefully uh, we'll talk about June releases soon. So where can we find you guys online? Mr. Hornbeck. Uh, You can find me at Josh Hornbeck. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd that way. Uh, I'm not uh, as... uh, as active right now because uh life um and then you can also find me uh on criterion cast uh with criterion channel surfing the podcast and uh as life uh, calms down a little bit i'm hoping to be getting uh, more episodes of that show uh edited and up as soon as possible um uh, and as i have more and more bandwidth to do that uh but yeah that's that's where we are and join his Patreon. So I, I hope that you'll take that Patreon and buy yourself some stuff to watch to enjoy oh, yourself. Oh, thank you. So, thank you. Um, thank you. Yeah. Yes, you can find my Patreon at patreon.com slash Josh Hornbeck. Uh, and mm-hmm. that helps support the show. In fact, I was thinking today that that's I, I, I was happy getting rid of the Patreon because it was, uh, it was <laughs> unpleasant for me. <laughs> but I wish I still had it because... Like people that need, you know, I just, just to give it away, just to, for people that are struggling or, you know, have situations. So yeah, don't have that, but uh, I'm, I'm sure in some way we can maybe get the community to come together and help people if needed. So on that note, Robert, where can people find you? Well, I also just wanted to say, and I'm not saying this because Josh is right here listening to me, <laughs> but it's such a good show, Josh. You should Thank be so you. proud. Like, it's great. Um... But uh, if you are sick of Josh's show, which you will not be because it is wonderful and ever, I have to guest on it soon, don't I? Yes, yes. <laughs> you do, point, yes. <laughs> um, but uh, after you finish all of Josh's episodes, please, by all means, come on over to the Robert Taylor Odyssey at WordPress and check out... I have finished my Criterion Odyssey for uh, 2019, where I covered every one of the new releases, and now I am going back into film noir. And at some point this year, after I have recovered, I will probably be diving into either Pedro Almodovar or the Mm. Universal Classic Monsters. I haven't decided which yet. But we will see. Either sounds great, and yeah, I, w- I was really impressed that you uh, managed to to, to f- finish the to complete the, um, the the Odyssey for 2019, and you didn't do it uh, with half measures. I, you 
gave every title pretty good coverage, so uh, kudos. I watched every special feature. It was a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) I should have never said that I would do it, and then it was a thing where I could not back out once I was halfway through the year. (laughs) I get it, I get it. But I I, I do the same. I watch all the special features, but I I don't write an essay about each one. I I just talk. I I give a summary, like I did uh, for Bamboozled. So, all right, well, you can find the show. We're also at Criterion Cast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, some a little bit more lately at AWest505. And yeah, support the shows, support the Criterion Cast uh, uh, Patreon. And uh, yeah, come hang out with us at the Criterion Now group. Uh, we, we did some giveaways, we gave some codes for, uh, for some films. And actually, we have a couple coming out this week that we'll be giving away as well. So, having fun there. And, uh, and yeah, hide out from all the negativity on the internet. We're a safe haven. We kick out the trolls. And on that note, pleasure, gentlemen. Everyone stay healthy. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Wash your hands.